0: What's up guys and welcome to Straight From The Chess Podcast. My name is Justin Groth and I am your host in this personal development, personal growth podcast. Listen, if you are new to the show, I just want to welcome you. I want to thank you for being here. If this is your 159th time tuning back in, I just want to welcome you back and thank you again for giving me your listening ear, your attention, your time. It means a lot to me. Listen, if this is a show that you derive value from or you believe anybody else would derive value from, please, please don't hesitate to share it with them. Share it on your Instagram stories, your Facebook, your Twitter, what have you. Link the podcast, link myself or tag myself, Justin Craig Groth is my Instagram handle. It just helped generate more awareness of the podcast and what we're doing over here and and really what we're promulgating and what the guests, you know, the guests we have on and what they provide as well and just would do me a great service and I'd be very appreciative of that. So thank you in advance. So listen we have an awesome guest this this time around she's a good friend of mine her name is stephanie and uh, i just want to before just getting into who she is i want her to better tell you who she is and and um there's a lot we're gonna dispense with on this podcast i can i can already tell it's gonna be a good one so stephanie again welcome thank you for being here
1: thank you thank you
0: (laughs) so we kind of cheated a little bit and when I mean I cheated is typically well, I have guests come on we don't talk beforehand and we I do that on purpose we won't talk much rather I should say and I do that on purpose because I want the conversation to flow organically and I want things to be brought out you know alive in 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 real time and we kind of cheated we kind of talked for like a good hour before this yes. and And, uh, but it was, it was so, I mean, I just, for the listeners that don't know, there's so much insight that you bring and there's so much value that you have to dispense with that the things that you study, the things that you've been through and just kind of your core beliefs. And, you know, for, (laughs) for people that don't know you give them just a brief, (laughs) a brief, outline of who who you are
1: um well stephanie peakey i have a salon in pismo beach here in california and i use my salon as a medium i guess you could say to really um help empower my clients so um over the years i've really established a clientele that desires to have a mindset mentor of, of some sorts and really dive deep into what their triggers are and why they are the way they are. And I have taken my decades worth of learning and continuing education and really and my love of psychology and philosophy, stoicism, Taoism, uh, my own spiritual awakening experiences and my dive into human psychology and behaviors and attachment styles. And I kind of just put everything out on the table and I'm able to help the client um, from different perspectives be further empowered so I am primarily known in the area for that um, with my clientele but online I like to write a lot about my uh, my feelings my beliefs and my coming to knowing of who we are and why we're here and hoping that inspires others in um, some small way and plants a seed to flip their perspective on life so I kind of over the years have grown quite a decent following online by just really speaking my truth and owning my truth. And um, I hope it resonates with people and it seems to be doing so. So, yeah.
0: So when people come to you and they ask to get their hair done Mm -hmm. is, well, I should, let me ask you this. Do people, when people come to you, do they ask you nowadays first about this extra service that you have? Or is it,
1: you know, I, more so lately. Yes. Um, And whether it's, they've heard that I do birth charts or human design profiles or you know, things like that, if they're more spiritual and others you know, were referred by somebody that I helped them work through some of their shadow work and stuff. So they were, yes, more people nowadays, it's more so for that. And they will even be perfectly honest with them be like, you know, the haircut's great, but I really came for the therapy. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. and it's honestly, it's the best feeling ever just to help people. And, you know, I, it's under a, you know, mindset mentor and it's kind of hidden under the, the preface that it's, I'm, you know doing an aesthetic service but it's actually a service within too so
0: so we talked briefly about upstairs about help me to remember it was mine um you mentioned three there was three yeah and I wanted to talk on that so tell us the three well refresh my memory
1: you know, there's many mindsets in life, but I tend to focus on three primarily and I I feel like it helps click for my clients when I'm working with them too. And uh, one of the first mindsets and the most common one is, you know, that life is happening to me and you're putting yourself in a box, but you're basically being the victim and you're saying this is happening because of this and this happened because of that and I am the way I am because of this. And so you give all your power away and you're in the passenger seat. You're actually in the back seat in this mindset. So you're in the box, life is happening to me, You're a product of your environment, that type of thing. But in the second mindset, which thankfully a lot more people are in in the last decade or so, and it's been amazing seeing in my industry, most people 10 years ago would talk about the latest reality show. Now they're really doing this and it's great, but it's the, you know, you're out of the box now and you're seeing that life is happening for me. And so you start reflecting on the patterns of your past and you start really being introspective about things like why do I always attract this what is this trying to show me and you really start to become empowered that things are happening for me and so you tend to be out of the box and you tend to kind of dive deep into psychology or you might be this is when you start going to therapy perhaps or looking at attachment styles and seeing why you're always drawn to a certain type and that one is really good to start to get into maybe philosophy and religion and Taoism and things so you can kind of start to seek a little bit more of a healing, and it's a, a healer's journey and a hero's journey that route. Um, but you start to become a little bit more awake and aware. In the third mindset, there is no box. So there's, you know, in the box, out of the box, there is no box. And that's not like life is, you know, in the box is life is happening to you. Out of the box is life is happening for you, which is very powerful too, but it's a definitely a long healing journey. The third mindset, where there is no box, is that life is happening through you. And thankfully, especially in the last two years with everything that's going on in the world, so many people are waking up to this mindset and it's so powerful and it's, you are the creator of your life. Your thoughts create your reality. What you think about, what you feed, what you feed your mind rather, what you listen to, what you read, the conversations you engage in, those become your beliefs and your beliefs are your assumptions and your assumptions become your reality. And they're showing this now with neuroscience and neuroplasticity. And your neural pathways that you create and the beliefs you have will literally align you with that in your environment, you create it. And so there's so many fascinating things in that mindset that you start taking full accountability and ownership. And now you're not in the backseat, you're not in the passenger seat, you're in the driver's seat. And it's just, it's an amazing feeling and it's a great mindset and like I said, more and more people are waking up to that and wanting to entertain that. And my biggest thing is like, I just try to plant the seed because at the end of the day, I'm like, what do you have to lose? You know, if you keep focusing or in in that mindset too, it's all about taking your power back and flipping the script. So a lot of neuro linguistic programming. And so if you're saying, you know, things are, you know, everyone's always negative to me. You flip it and you rewrite that story. Like I am always respected. I am always appreciated and you own that. So you don't feed the negative. You focus and you give positive feelings to what you want instead of feeding what you don't want. And it really is hard because we're so programmed as a collective to do the opposite of that and to really feed our problems and fix our problems and then it'll be better but in this mindset circumstances don't matter don't give any merit any attention to the problem focus on the end state of what it is you desire what it is you want and take action in that pursuit so therefore you're already embodying that end state but it then becomes your reality it's just literally showing with science and quantum physics like it's amazing that all the information is there and it used to be Decades ago, that was a metaphysical thing and and chalked up to hoopla and new new age stuff. But now they're able to prove it with our brainwaves and and epigenetic. It's fascinating stuff. So I just encourage people to just consider that. And at the very least, that usually opens up people's perspective to why not? Especially if so many people are going around with this void inside and just desiring something more and they don't understand at any given moment, you're in the driver's seat. You can change your life right now. And why wouldn't you want to have that? Peace and joy and bliss, and it's it's an amazing feeling. So,
0: well, in in the Bible, we talked about this uh earlier too. Uh, obviously, off mic, but the Bible is a really fascinating book, and there's so many great stories in it. And the, the, one of the things that God tells us is, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but it's basically, you know, seek and you will find. Believe. It's I think Matthew seven seven, but it's it it's a verse that basically instructs us to seek, find, knock, and, and things will be given to us, you know, basically. And it's, it's like, as Christians, we're grown up, we're grown up, we're instructed to utilize God as this portal, so to speak, and, and then have faith that these things are going to happen and almost like faith. And I've, I spoke about this in, in, in a previous podcast, um, that faith is almost, it seems like faith is expect these things that are already done. So set the, set the aim, set the aim and expect them to be done even when they're not done yet. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you're saying, but in a more humanistic way, like not tethering God to it, Just more personally accountable, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, it it is kind of tethered to the reticular activating system as well. Right. So if we set an aim towards something, our minds automatically want to create that aim or go towards that aim and and dare I say, manifest the aim, Yeah, you know, um, many people, you were saying this earlier, many people, you know. Have weird connotations centered around manif, like words like manifest and buzzwords of TikTok. The buzzwords, yeah, yeah,
1: they get really triggered by that. But
0: why do you think that is, though?
1: Mm. It's multiple reasons, honestly. It's the you know, in general, anything that becomes popular needs to get shunned. That's just our collective. We tend to do that. But I think once I don't know, I'm a big believer that people give way too much power away to words in general already. But so I've personally tried to. Um, shift from saying manifest to create just so I don't have people immediately turn it off, you know, whatever I'm trying to say, but right. it is manifesting and and what you're referencing as far as you know, it the Bible is a very powerful book and it, it's got so mu- it's one of the most powerful books but there's old older teachers like uh, Florence Novelskin and Neville Goddard and Joseph Campbell these people that were trying to decades ago tell you that it's not quite as literal as we've been indoctrined to believe. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's a sensitive subject and some get very triggered by that. But God, <laughs> when you have this awakening, so to speak, and you start to understand that God is within you, the kingdom of heaven is within you ask and you will find. And it's such a powerful feeling, but that's everything in the Bible. Once you start to understand it from that mindset, it's one of the best books there is, but unfortunately most read it in the fear in a judgment in in a very 3d aspect but in that mindset we're we're referencing where you're the creator and that's christ consciousness and you come in alignment with that god is alignment devil is distraction like it's so powerful when it finally clicks though and so i just i want other people to experience what that feels like (laughs) but they'll get hits of it you know when you're praise and worship and all that It, it definitely is and that's when Anyways, I don't well, know no, I think the that, religion thing,
0: well, and, and it is a touchy subject, it but, is. but at the same time, who cares? You know, some of these things need to be touched on. Some of these things need to be, need to be illustrated and conveyed in a way that even if you don't weren't, look, p- people we're not saying there's atheists and Christians and that's it. I mean, I mean, effectively atheists more atheists believe in kind of the, the pathway that you believe or, or lend it to science, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. We're not saying that they're we're not saying that you should believe in God or not believe in God. We're just saying that there's things that we as we, as a like a, a we as a collective, I'll use your word here. We as a collective or people in general, we're not used to this way of thinking mm-hmm. And so, because we're not used to it, it's foreign. Our brains reject it, yes. and we have to do what's familiar to us. We have to, yeah. we have to again predicate our our life on things that are familiar to us because we feel more comfortable and you know
1: safe. Uh, the ego feels safe, secure yeah, there, right? Know. This is what I've always known, but I just kind of throw things out there, especially with my clientele that's already understands that I come from a good place and. um, that just to consider a different perspective for a moment and what do you you know what do you have to lose like so it's just really 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 understanding your thoughts create your reality so there's so many examples but and it's also just flipping the frame and telling a new story so I just personally like that mindset because you are in control and it's so empowering and it's so blissful and peaceful and you're especially when you're in alignment you're just constantly in that Christ energy and that God energy and that source and that love whatever term you want to give it to You are that. You are God. You are source. You are love. And so I just think a lot of people can give so much of their power away to all these deities and things outside themselves, and if that works for you, go for it. But most of the time, they're still in a very sad, sad place, And, and honestly, you can be in a very happy vibration, and it's not spiritual bypassing. I'm not speaking of that. You're facing your fears. You're just understanding that you are in charge of your neural pathways. You create a new story. So it's not bypassing anything. You're just straight up saying, hey, I'm the creator and I know this. So therefore, I'm going to create this going forward. And you flip any frame. So I don't, there's so many examples, but we were talking about a few before this. But, you know, like if you're out there saying, you know, every guy, every day, every day. This is such a cheeky example, but it's just people can relate. Like every guy I ever date or every woman I ever date is always, always cheats on me. Well, in that second mindset, you can look at like, okay, well, patterns of the past and this is a childhood wound and, you know, what happened? Did you have abandonment issues when you were a kid? Like you can get deep in a therapy and really understand and not personalize it, which is great. And that second mindset, I love not um, working with not projecting your truth. So owning your truth and not personalizing another, but you really start to understand your patterns and why you do what you do and what you're attracted to. But to me, the really fun, powerful way is in the third mindset. And if you keep telling the story that everyone cheats on you, what are you going to get? everyone on you right so it's like it's such a cheeky like example but it's like start really thinking about things in your life like I can hear somebody sit in my chair and talk for you know two hours about their co-worker doing this and their mother-in-law doing this and basically the common theme is she, she keeps getting disrespected and so I'll be like okay you need to tell a new story now because and she's like no I just need to tell you all the circumstances and all the details the devil's in the details that means it's to, it's distracting you from alignment because alignment is just owning i am respected i am that is god that is alignment that is beautiful that is truth that is love that is light like why would you give all your power away to the distractions and so anyways i'll have them stop in that moment and try and re- reframe it like do you understand that for the last hour you just basically said everyone was disrespecting you kind of type of thing and they're like no 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 this is different this is different And that's what's tricky in this line of whatever I'm, you know, mentoring. Not everyone can see the eagle's perspective right away. And I totally understand that. But uh, so part of me just likes to plant seeds and then kind of see what happens. And, you know, it doesn't always come to fruition overnight. So you kind of have to plant the seed and step back. But for instance, that example, she did end up the next time I saw her. It's like, okay, you're right. I've been saying my affirmations. I am respected. I am respected. I am respected. (laughs) And she's all, now everyone's really nice to me. So you create the story of tomorrow by your thoughts today and your assumptions. If you assume nobody can drive right in this town, nobody's going to drive right in this town. <laughs> you literally—you look for it. Y- you, you do. End up you do for exactly. It, yeah. You can look at it from that perspective too. That your ego seeks to serve itself right and prove itself right. So the cognitive bias aspect of your brain is going to look for it. So if you want to look at it from that perspective, or the fact that literally you created it. So regardless, it's the same thing though in that mindset.
0: And that kind of ventures into this this whole idea of the placebo effect the placebo effect is a real effect yes, and your
1: mind's powerful
0: exactly and there have been people that there have been people that uh, take something that seem to feel like it's affecting them in some way and really there was you know baking soda it mm-hmm. was just baking soda mm-hmm. and that could kind of be manipulated to say in a way that if you feel that you are this and you say you are this, yes. even if it's not a reality yet, you're believing it. So that's kind of a placebo effect. Yep. Yep. And that's a major, it's so, it's so powerful.
1: It's mind blowing when it really clicks for people because it, they don't understand by them saying I am depressed or I am fat or I am sad or I am single or whatever title you give yourself. The brain goes, okay. Okay. All right. Let's right. See. Right. You know, like it literally wants to show you what you believe you are. So your beliefs and your assumptions, you need to be very mindful. You don't mm-hmm. need to be anything, do you? But if you would like a different life, be mindful of your thoughts. And it, it sounds so silly, and people pass it off as some meme on Instagram of like, "Oh yeah, yeah." No, it's seriously so simple, and we make it so difficult. But I just kind of throw things out there, like just I think I, Neville Goddard had an experiment. And it was it's kind of fun, but um you know just play with it like you just start imagining uh you climbing a ladder like every day I think that was one of his things like oh I'm climbing a ladder I'm climbing a ladder and you only have to do it for a few seconds and the next day do it by the third day you're gonna have a ladder like leaning up against you like you attract whatever you're thinking about like your thoughts and I okay back to like someone will bring up like okay what about my dark thoughts I don't want to attract that true but typically speaking most can usually Combat those dark thoughts, and you're not really believing it. It's kind of, it is still a fear, but it, you don't really truly, at your core belief, believe that's going to happen. So it's your beliefs and your assumptions. I mean, so it can get a little tricky there because some people will immediately want to dismiss it, but I'm like, just entertain it just for a second. Whatever ha- is constantly showing up as a pattern in your life, just sit with that. You know, everyone's different, but for some, it's like we mentioned, the disrespect, or it's, for others, it's always being cheated on, or for others, it's nobody. Understanding them, and so you have to sit with that. And instead of like doing the inhaler journey, the second mindset, which is still powerful, but it's it's a little bit more painful. And the third mindset, you just quickly just flip it. No, I am always understood. You know, it's the Ariana Grande too. I want it. I got it. So people can actually manifest. Okay, this is where it gets a little funny, but you can actually. <laughs> Create, let's not manifest, create and and pull in your vibrational person or, you know, a relationship you desire. And so a lot of people, when they tap into this mindset initially, they're trying to do that, but it's true. It's just an owning it. Like if you want somebody like it's a confidence thing, or if you say some, I'm bouncing all over the place, but say you're saying you're somebody that goes, I'm always lucky. Are they not always lucky? Like you claim it. So same with the person. Oh, they're mine. They can't stop thinking about me. Of course they're thinking about me. Like that's all they can think about. Like I am always on their mind and you just own it and you get to that end state and it's wild. It always works. So, but most people don't, like, I don't know. They can't like over the fear. You have to reprogram your mind. But anyways, I'm getting a little too cheap no, no, with that one. I'm like, Oh Lord, that's a whole other t- podcast. But yes, people can manifest people in their l- And then they go, Oh, is that free will? And no, cause technically if you're really wanting to dive into the quantum entanglement aspect, quantum physics, all that, there's infinite timelines. So in this timeline, you don't have free will. It's, I'm the creator. <laughs> That's when I can lose some people, but there's infinite timelines. So in their, another timeline they have, they're the creator. So it's convergence too. And in quantum physics, it's very powerful. And so at any given moment, you're the creator, period. And so you don't need to give anyone free will unless you, I'm gonna lose people here, unless you choose to believe they have free will. So technically in this timeline, you're the creator. And so if you really start owning that, and just giving no energy and being neutral to anything, any circumstance that isn't favorable, and just really focusing on that end state, like we talked about earlier. It, you know, a lot of people will use it in sports, and so there's books written about it. Or with money, uh, uh, it's it's you know, thinking grow rich and relentless and Psycho-Cybernetics. These are books that talk about feeling the end state and then stepping into it, um, because it has no choice but to align with you. And even when you get into the the spiritual community you know whether they talk about the vortex and getting in an alignment there and the secret and drawing it to you it's all connected the Bible like this is what I'm trying to get at whether you want to approach it hence why I'll dive deep into all these different aspects of it because if one client only wants to talk about the science okay cool if one client only wants to talk about the spiritual okay cool what about what about religion or politics but it technically at the end of the day it's all connected it's really mm-hmm. wild and that's what blew my mind and I I'm, my archetype loves seeing that there's a pattern and everything's connected so
0: well In the Bible too, there's 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 a little bit of um, I guess there's a little bit of isn't there some research being done on the fact that there was the the people that were in the Bible were, were also experimenting with psychedelics.
1: Well, I wasn't aware, but I'm not um, gonna to say no to that. And
0: then <laughs> that's essentially how. See, one argument is they they were experiencing with psychedelics, and that's how they got their premonitions from God, mm-hmm. and that's how these things like Moses and the um was it Moses in the burning bush, um, and they they reference how the burning bush was like him seeing from seeing things from mm-hmm. what he was what he was consuming. Or some of this whatever psychedelic, because they were experiencing, what I believe, psychedelics back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that, that I don't want to go off on a tangent with mm-hmm. that. But that that could be some of the reason why the stories are imparted to us in the Bible in a way that make us be- think us to make us think that this is of a higher being. Mm-hmm. This is a higher being, but it's it's really what they were creating from the, the 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 experiences they were they were going through based on the the compounds that they were using or what plants or what have you whatever that there yeah. was back then was that their source of higher being and their portal to god mm-hmm. so to speak and then when they write them down and we have the, to now this day we have the bible to reference it was a lot of people are saying it's nothing more than psychedelic trips.
1: You, that's one perspective. Um, but honestly, it's it's all interpretation. And at the end of the day, it, whatever you believe. But um, there, there's others that too, that once you activate that kundalini energy, which is tapping into that gamma state, which is what, um, if Christ, you know, Jesus was a real person, he basically tapped into this higher consciousness, as did Lao Tzu you know 2,000 years before him and Buddha all these different people they just tap into that gamma heightened state and so they have something of a spiritual awakening kundalini awakening and the whole reason I bring that up is because there's been plenty of evidence to show that somebody that's had that kundalini awakening when they're just around somebody else that can activate them to have higher consciousness so therefore the burning bushes of the premonitions things like that could have been ayahuasca or DMT or something perhaps it could have also been just being in the presence of somebody that had the kundalini activation and which would be Jesus in the Christ consciousness, and so it, he was an enlightened person. Um, but to give all our power away to a God that sits on a throne in the clouds, type of thing that judges—that I just don't subscribe to that. If you read it from the fact that you know Jesus is just like you or I, and just and basically had a kundalini awakening and understood the Christ within and how we're all one, the oneness of it all, the law of one—it's powerful. And so as a result, when you get to that stage too, there's different. As funny as it is, there's different levels of just like um, uh, intelligence or emotional intelligence. There's actually different levels of spiritual IQ too. So, or EQ, SQ. But certain self-mastery is like one of the last ones, you know, their enlightenment and illumination type of thing. But so there's very few people that do reach that correct. And so I believe Jesus was one of them. And so, and that's the gods is just the alignment. It is, it is all that is and all that will be. And it's the I am presence, but we have that within right now. Why are we giving that to a man in the clouds? He tells you the kingdom of heaven is within you. He tells you, you are my child. You are. It's just wild that so many religions and hence me triggering people to want to continuously pray and give it away when it's within you. Mm. And when you really, really sit with that and resonate, it's like everything you're looking for outside of yourself, you have within all the answers you seek, you have within everything.
0: It, it's crazy because the, the reason why we continuously adopt that specific narrative is because we're and we've been indoctrinated mm-hmm. with it and from, you know, uh, early childhood and to absolve ourselves of that is fearful. It's, it's fear and it, it's, it's fear of the unknown when we die. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what if, what if I was wrong in thinking the way I thought? And then I get to heaven and and God says, you disown me basically without saying that, but in a way, and it's like, we're fearful of, of ultimate, um, and, um, uh, ultimate demise essentially for an eternity to be thrown in the lake of fire and, and not ever know what, what, not ever, not ever achieve the, the status of golden streets you know we want to we want to live in the hev- in the kingdom of heaven we want that's
1: within you right now and it's a right. state of consciousness and you're waiting for it to come outside of you and be another place a new earth a new heaven a new destination what if it was right here right now at any given moment you can choose to tap into that you don't need to you know whether you believe it or not there's like thousands of near-death experiences that speak about the same thing they do all these studies on these monks and, and people that can sit in long bouts of meditation and then they tap into that gamma state and what it, their frequency, what it, it's absolutely mind blowing. It's like a zero point, it's Christ consciousness. And so energy can't cease to exist. So there is no hell, there is no heaven. It's in here within you right now. You came here to personally play, to experience, to have the senses, the touch. You are God. You came here to play and have fun and we forget that. And we're so, for other reasons that I won't get to on this, but I guess, there is a collective that, um, specific group that desires us not to awaken to our power um hence the indoctrined religion and things of keeping um, us asleep i guess you could say but honestly a lot of things that they've done to try to attempt to keep us asleep has actually backfired and a lot of people are waking up
0: that's for power correct
1: power and 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 they feed off of lower vibrational fear this this specific matrix is is fear and um love vibration the duality you'll see that with everything masculine feminine hot cold mm-hmm. body mind you're the the key point of christ consciousness and zero point is to balance it but there are certain entities rather that uh enjoy feeding off of fear and keeping us asleep as to our true power and um that gets a little a little out there but a lot of people are waking up to that so i know there's going to be people that are like oh yeah i understand that um but there's still, still plenty that is asleep to that but Yes, times are shifting. Things are changing. But i that's what I strongly believe to each their own. But I resonate after my kundalini awakening experience that uh, the second coming of Christ is this mass great awakening that's happened and, and it's still happening. And people are waking up to that Christ consciousness energy and that blissful state and that 5D energy that they can really tune into and tap into and create their reality. And that is the second coming of Christ. Not a man coming down from the, the clouds and saving people. And But I'm not... This is no shaming judging or mocking others I just it's wild how much power people give away to other things whether it's their circumstances their religion their teachers their parents their spouse and then they wonder why their soul is so depleted at the end of the day it's like you were never meant to give away any of that that is yours you own it I am
0: mm-hmm. so. so for for listeners right now that have listened to previous podcasts I just want to clarify something um, when when Stephanie's speaking I I'm listening intently because I'm very very fascinated by this and, and this is not something that I'm trying to people that the reason why I say if you've listened to podcasts previous you know that I'm a Christian and so people will see this as contention possible contention between Stephanie and I like well Justin well, you're a Christian so why don't you why would you let her talk like that like why don't you combat that and it's listen, I am a Christian in, and, and so whatever that means, I don't even really know what that means precisely. All I know is it means being a follower of Christ. So, but I also know that I am a moron in regards to everything that people, everything, all the knowledge that's out there today. So I don't really know everything. So for me to say that look, I blind, I I want to blindly believe in something. Okay. I think that that's a natural human characteristic. We want to blindly believe in something, stick with that, be loyal to that, die like that. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that I'm saying that I'm going to shift from, but there have been multiple people that I respect you being one of them, that have talked about things like this, that it's not like these people have malevolent spirits either. These are people that just are telling you like, look, maybe there's this or perhaps there's this. Yes, exactly. And it's like, yeah, fuck, maybe you're right. Maybe there's something to that because there are certain things that do not line up if we question it and I don't believe that we look, I don't believe that God would have given us a, a questioning conscience or a, a rather, I don't know if that makes sense, but if the ability to question things, if he wanted to keep us in this specific line to only believe in him and that's it. Yeah. So why then are we questioning the, why am okay. Let me personalize this. Why am I questioning this? Okay. I'm not a bad person trying to look for devious ways to live like a human being. I'm not trying to look for things to justify living like a devious human being. So why am I questioning this shit? I'm just a regular human that's navigating through life and in specific seasons in my life and that's it. And so I'm in a season right now that might perhaps be shifting. Like We talked about um, before this, but the thing is, is that I don't, I, things don't fucking make sense as all I'm saying people, that's it. I'm just saying things don't sometimes always make sense. And I know you're going to say, well, you're not supposed to make sense of it all. That's what's called having faith. Justin, I get it. But at the same time, I don't really get it. So I'm telling you that I'm um, listeners. I'm not saying that I'm just an open, but I'm not there yet. But I will tell you that there's something possibly to this and I don't mean being an atheist. That's not what I'm trying to convey here. I'm saying that there's shit that makes sense that we're not, we're not allowing in our lives and we're just shutting the door on because we've been indoctrinated. And look, man, sometimes I just want to say, fuck it, indoctrinate me and let me die like that. Cause that's, that's familiar beliefs. It's safe. It's it's secure. And I don't want to exonerate myself of the belief of, of God living in the clouds. And, and then I get to heaven and he says, job well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to exonerate myself from that. I still want to believe in that. But I also, I also want to believe in Santa Claus. And I'm not saying that they are, that these two are analogous here. I'm saying that I don't know what I'm saying. So, but then you have to understand that when you say those things, you give power to possibility. So I want to give power to possibility that's possibly uncharted for me at the moment. And that's all I'm saying people. And that's why. That's why I want to dis- that's why I want Stephanie to talk because I know that she has so much value to dispense with. And these things are fascinating to me because they are not of the norm. But the norm can- not of the norm can be a good thing because it can open up doors that you would have shut otherwise. Look, I'm not questioning things although I'm questioning things. And I will tell you this. For me, I don't understand how things could just be. Okay. I'm a logical person by nature. The one thing I'm not so logical about is my belief in God. And I don't try to be on purpose because I honestly don't want to question it. I just don't. I feel like that's doing God a disservice. That's it's questioning his authority. I don't want to do that shit because I don't want to be condemned but that's a fear. And that's all, that's all predicated on a, on a fear that I might be. And I don't want to, because I want to live righteous and I want to as best I can, whatever that looks like. But one thing that did never made sense to me, and maybe perhaps this can be relatable to you is in the book of Genesis. It starts off with in the beginning there, there was, or in in the beginning, they're just, they're just, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's just, it was like, in the beginning there was, what does that even mean? How could there just be? And then how could they, where's the, and I'm not trying to like, man, it's, I'm toggling between the lines here. And I don't even want to do that. See, I'm contending with myself in real time on the microphone right now, because I don't really, want to ask this question but if God knows my thoughts if that's a if that is legitimately true he already knows that I'm thinking this shit so how could it where's the scientific proof that God created the world in six days or the earth everything we know in six days where's the proof of that and then how could that where did God come from I know I'm asking I know I'm not asking nuanced questions here I know these things have been asked prior and I know that I might get somebody if I were to, truth be told, I don't read comments. So if you'd like to question me on this, I'll never see the comment. So <laughs> go ahead and comment away people. But I, I don't know, I'm sure that somebody will chime in on the comments and say, this is because it is, and this is, and,
1: That's our belief. Yeah, and, I and,
0: yeah. and I get that. And I'm not, I'm not chastising you for your belief here whoever you are, that might comment. I'm just saying, this is what I'm personally contending with. And I have been for some time. And it's part of the reason why Stephanie as a unit fascinates me and her, her stance fascinates me and what, and how she really conveys it also is fascinating. And I hope that it also imparts some type of wisdom on yourself as well. And maybe gets the ball turning in a productive way. Um, the, I want to, I want to talk, I want to go back to, well, not go back. Let's, let's go. Well, no. Yeah, it's good, it is go back. Cause we can talk about a brief about psychedelics. Uh-huh. So, there's been a lot of. There's been a lot more. Um, there's been a lot more. What's the word I would use? Um, allowance yeah. and talk about psychedelics yeah. nowadays. Yeah, um,
1: it's on the table more right
0: now. For it me. is. So, when it comes to psychedelics the ones that we often hear about are like the, the LSD and, or the, I'm sorry, mushrooms, um, DMT, uh, molly, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we, when we take in those substances, they activate portals of our mind that we yes. aren't otherwise able to utilize. Yes. Can you talk on that?
1: Uh, yeah, we were, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but, um, Yeah, there's lots of research now and there's people that are actually studying to, um, I forget the technical term for it, but basically be counselors in microdosing and things like that and using DMT shrooms to expand one's consciousness in a controlled environment once again. Um, And it's fascinating there and there's a lot of research being shown um, the benefits of that. And it's almost like kind of what I experienced during my kundalini awakening, my dark night of the soul and, and tapping into that gamma. Brainwave and that heightened consciousness, uh, some can experience it. Near death experiences, it's that bliss, that peacefulness, that oneness, that all is well, all is good. And if you can get that taste of that, there's now research trying to show and prove that you know this would benefit people to flip their frame, going back to neuro linguistic programming and neuroscience. If for some people it is hard to believe it and then see it, that's kind of how I operate. But I know I'm a little more abstract in my archetype. For others, they need to kind of see it to believe it. I can believe it and then see it. So sometimes touching on the whole DMT, they can see it now and now they believe it. So I'm not opposed to that uh, by any means because it's working for many people and it's worked over the years, but I do like the research behind it and how it's a little bit less um, stigmatized. I mean, it's still there, obviously it's going to be, but it's not as much. Um, And so more people are being open to the fact of, because they're saying what a benefit it can be to people with... know, depression and um, chronic illnesses, things like that, where their neural pathways are so solidified that this is how I am, this is how I always will be. And then they have an experience like that and it awakens their heightened state of consciousness to be like, oh my gosh, there's so much more and they just want to start living instead of surviving. So those, when something like that happens, that's, how could you not be in support of that? But then where I just follow up with that is I would love to show people how to get there without needing that after Because if you constantly rely on it then to to hit that state of consciousness, then it can be kind of be a detriment is what I'm getting at.
0: How would you get there without it?
1: It's all coming into alignment. It's it's really owning that this is you are the creator. Life is happening through you. Um, Really working on your self-concept and understanding that your thoughts definitely create your reality. Sitting with your triggers. You know, some can get there um, through meditation, but even my form of meditation is just going out to the sunset. It doesn't need to be sitting there in silence. But honestly, most would benefit from sitting in silence. Um, but really just, it, it's tricky. It's not going to happen overnight for everyone because we're so programmed to be in the other mindsets or in a fear of vibration. But that gamma on its own can definitely be achieved. And it's just really owning who you are and reclaiming that power within
0: you. When you say gamma, can you... Can There's you,
1: different brave states and waves, rather. And your first seven years of your life, you're in uh, the... the 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 theta and it's it's kind of like um it's a very lucid dreaming type of state and you're able to be programmed deeply and so the first seven years of anyone's life is extremely important as to your later in life that's where you you know kind of you take come in with your blueprint and your archetype but then you take your your nature and how you're conditioned and you're basically taking on everyone else's programming then and so you become your little character depending on what happened to you and what you were told and to believe at that age and then then you kind of live your life, um, after seven being who you are pretty you're much. real
0: plastic during those times.
1: Yes, very much so. And so that would be more the theta state, but, um, typically in our normal everyday life, we're in awakened consciousness and that's just normal. Like you're observing, you're thinking, uh, you have your senses, that's just beta. And we're usually always in that. And then the alpha is more so when you're, um, the inner world's more important. So in beta, the serotonin's turned up, you're, you're aware, but then in Alpha, you're more like right before sleep and melatonin's kicking in and you're kind of more aware of your inner world. Um, but Theta is where the magic happens and where a lot of brilliant genius people like Tesla and you know all these inventors and stuff would really try to tune in and tap into that state um, because it's where it, you kind of, are aligned with unity consciousness and the collective conscious so you just get really insane creative energy in that flow state but then delta obviously is like when you're restorative sleep but the gamma is the most powerful one and very rarely have they been able to record how many people but it's the monks that sit there for hours that can get there and but that's that Christ consciousness energy, or if you tap into DMT or, you know, other routes like that, some can get it in little hits of, um, even praise and worship back to religion. Like when you're in a congregation and you're singing and your hands are open and you're feeling it, do you not get goosebumps sometimes? Do you not feel your heart expand? That is that heightened state of consciousness. That is that gamma. That is life. That is God. That is alignment. Mm. And so some people get in that flow too when they're playing an instrument or reading or whatever your thing is. But yes, you don't necessarily need the drug. But for a lot of people, it does help them surpass the trauma and the neural pathway that's so deeply embedded in there and kind of helps trigger and activate the fact that you can have this life and it gives them that taste of them. And sometimes all it takes is that one little moment to fire a new neural pathway too. So I'm not opposed to it. I just don't think you need it every time. That's all.
0: And that's what people probably. Uh, reference when they when they are saved when they get saved and they're and, yes. and they come into an, a more relationship with God and they and they talk about how their life has changed and it and God changed their life and they're and they just now they're they're just a whole different being mm-hmm. and that probably has something to do with that specific brainwave right
1: it does and, and so but most of the time, when you see that, it doesn't stay uh, because it's just them tapping into it. But they still haven't technically changed the self-concept. So somewhere within them, they're obviously still giving their power away too. So they're they're definitely feeling that an expansive consciousness energy. That's where their heart comes alive. They feel so alive with life. But it technically, it usually doesn't stay because mm-hmm. you know it's it all comes back to the mindset. Once you really own that, I am. That's just a simple phrase. I am. That is so powerful. So
0: I feel like there is almost like a, like God gives us a blueprint for how he wants us to. And I, when I mean it, God, I mean the Bible will give us a blueprint for how we come into really this collective state of conscience that you're talking about, mm-hmm. but in a, in a spiritual way, but it's all, it's all very analogous. You have it's like a way of being like the human has a way of being, if they can tap into that mindset, and the Christian derives it from the Bible and God. Mm-hmm. And so they they naturally give God all the critical acclaim, all the acclaim for what their changing process mm-hmm. when really it's nothing different, possibly. Nothing different than coming into a more heightened sense of the mindset. Yes. The and mind it's helpful. just very they just have a spiritual outline. Mm-hmm. But it's it's no different. That is going to that is the way that atheists are created. Is when you can realize that they're analogous. And the only difference is where you're getting your information or where you're getting your blueprint, so to speak, on how to live this way Yeah. or where you're getting your education,
1: your beliefs, in general. your beliefs, like right? Say, it always comes back down to your beliefs and your assumptions. So if you assume, no, that is God in the Bible, that is God on, mm. out, you know, in the clouds, then it is you're right. You know what I mean? That's, that's what quantum physics will prove to you. And that's where it gets a little fun is because, yeah, if you believe, you know, there's a devil with a red horn. Yeah, there is then. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you believe in astrology, yeah, okay, then then it's accurate. Your beliefs literally create the timeline, the reality you are in.
0: So it's like, what's right? There's nothing that's right. Then then you came here to play, have fun, and
1: that's why I'm trying to get people to see. Stop taking this so seriously, because you also you have the individual mindset and you have the collective mindset. So on a collective level, we're we're literally manifesting and creating some very deep dark stuff. And, uh, and, and there's a spiritual battle happening, too. But at any given moment, if more people, which is happening, would wake up, we could literally shift the collective timeline. But back to our personal, individual life. Exactly. We came here to play. Alan Watts will speak about that. Carl Jung. There's so many people. I have a whole list of people for reference, if you desire. But there's so many people that are just trying to get that message across to you.
0: Carl Young's brilliant. He's yeah.
1: absolutely brilliant. Same thing with Alan Watts and Ram Dass. There's so many out there that... Have been trying to say that james allen like just as a man think it like what your thoughts create your reality so make it a good one that's it like but, but we're so almost fearful of taking that full ownership and stepping into the driver's seat
0: full ownership it yes is full yes Full ownership and accountability that's hard that's really really hard
1: nobody yeah and that's what keeps people from creating the life they desire and they deserve
0: because in order to, yes, you're right. And in, in order to subscribe or adopt full ownership, you have to absolve yourself from other ownership yes. that somebody else has mm-hmm. effectively in your life right now. Mm-hmm. And that could be God. Mm-hmm. That could be the
1: any previous belief
0: or entity, etc., mm-hmm. Like that.
1: It's uncomfortable because we're so yes. programmed to, to seek safety and, and what feels comfortable and familiar. The ego literally is wired that way. And of course it made sense before, you know, escape the prey, like you don't want to get eaten today in the cave. Mm -hmm. So it was wired for that, but now we've come so much and we've adapted and and we have all this science and technology and research to show that we used to think that the brain stopped, you know, at a certain age, like 20 or something, but now it's showing it's continuously wanting to grow and you can keep training almost like a muscle and keep growing. Neuroplasticity is fascinating because it's showing we are so capable of so much more and yet we continuously give our power away. And that's back to those t- first two mindsets where I'm in the box or out of the box. I need to be called this, you know, titles, everything is putting you in the box. And, but it's like, once you wake up to realizing how fun, play, create, you're in that third mindset where it's just, I don't know it, it cha- everything changes and I want it to sustain for most people as opposed to just getting hits of it. Cause once it really clicks, it's so fun and it's so magical. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a peaceful thing. And I think that's what hurts. My heart is in my timeline. I'm creating all these people that aren't getting it, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
0: Well, what about people? Because people have demons and people have things that plague them every day. And in order to see the good, sometimes they have to get through their demons first or slay their dragon.
1: Yeah, it's not even necessarily killing the ego. Like a lot of people want to say, I honestly am a big fan of Jung and stuff. And he talks about just facing it, owning it. Mm-hmm. and really owning it and that's back to that third mindset of accountability and owning it like you step into the say, I know this part of me so I so if you have you know sensuality or sexuality or something like that that you're denying within your shadow like it's going to come out in your life and you're going to call it fate and stuff he says something similar to that where your subconscious mind is going to keep creating your life and the more you realize that yes these demons in darkness you speak of technically stop demonizing them and making them dark like let them play to come out like obviously within reason you want to balance but the more you actually let them come into the light they're not so dark anymore mm-hmm. they're so dark because you're denying they're mm-hmm. even there and so you're feeding that so the more you bring it to light it actually is able to integrate and balance and once again that's that zero point price consciousness the, the yin and the yang every it's almost like this matrix is like a video game too, and you pick your character and Mario Luigi or something, and you know you have different strengths, different blueprint, but it's it's all about leveling up too. And you come, you have different you know strengths and awareness each level, and you have little tests and trials. But it's a self mastery game, is what I was getting at. Self sovereignty, and you create the game, mm. like Minecraft or something. You're creating it, so stop giving your power away.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> that's you know. You say it in that, in that, in that way, because you're just trying to be mindful of the person's feelings on the other end that's listening to this, but really like you say that with confidence Yes. and it's, and it's, it may not come across that way verbally as they hear you through the microphone, because you're, you're a very loving person. You're just a very loving human being and you're saying it in a way that you don't want to offend anybody. Like I know you don't want to offend anybody.
1: I don't intentionally trigger people, but I. Do. Or trigger people, right? Yeah. But. My archetype is five one, and we tend to do that. We hold up a mirror, literally, metaphysically, and so you'll either love me or hate me. But it's part of my purpose too, though. Correct. So I do tend to trigger people, and um, because I can show them their darkness and see where they're giving their power away, but ultimately, it's actually just for their empowerment. I do just want people to understand where they're giving their power away. So. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's and it's so freeing. When you, when you can understand and take ownership and that's effectively what you're hearing me do in real time on the podcast right now with you when I when I was talking briefly about religion and how you don't want to really absolve yourself from religion itself Mm -hmm. because of what you've been indoctrinated to believe your entire life. Mm -hmm. It's like you saying, Hey, you know, your mom. She's not your mom. This is your mom over here. You're like, no, fuck you. There's no way. And you would feel like your whole world got flipped upside down if that were the case. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no difference in God. Mm -hmm. There's no difference in you saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's no God, but there's no difference in you saying, you know, that thing you believe about the guy in the sky. It's not real. It's just what you've been told to believe. So that's what you've, that's what you've espoused your entire life but it's not necessarily the truth. And it's like, you don't want to believe that. And it's almost like you lie to yourself knowingly, you knowingly lie to yourself because it's easier to walk blind in life with comfort, with comforting hands, guiding your cane, than for you to try to open your eyes and walk on your own.
1: Yeah. It's also somewhat giving your power away once again. And and it's part of that feel safe. Then it's not my fault.
0: Mm -hmm. If, If things
1: don't go back go right, then it's not my fault. This is God's plan. Like, True. And so to me, it's frustrating because I absolutely believe in God, but not that version where it's this condemning version. Like, but I don't know. Anyways.
0: Well, what about that though?
1: Hmm. What about what?
0: Talk, Talk about you believe in God, but you don't believe in the condemning God.
1: I just believe that version of God doesn't, doesn't resonate with me personally, but it does to others. And like, it's hard to explain in words. If that is your belief, then it makes it real. So Mm -hmm. therefore, how am I to combat your truth? That's your truth. You're allowed your truth. In my timeline, my reality, um, I don't subscribe to that version of God. God is alignment. God is source. God is love. It's expansion consciousness. It, It just is, um, do I know where consciousness came from? No. There are some things we just don't know mm. even when you have a full Kundalini awakening but when you can tune in and you can really feel the collective consciousness and you can just know things that nobody else has told you it's hard to explain but it's just you know there there's something bigger and it's within you and it's not without you and you are there's so much accountability in that and knowing that you control your life you create it you are the director the writer the story the cast everything and there is a lot of accountability and responsibility with that, but there's a lot of freedom and power and empowerment. So I don't know. I subscribe to that belief that God is alignment. And when I am in my true self vibration, so I am unshed, you know, getting rid of everything that wasn't my true self. So you're in alignment, you're authentically you, then that to me is God. Um, and you could just feel it. Your whole body is goosebumps. And it's, just like, spiritual orgasm it's amazing and so I want other people to experience that it's a very very good feeling do you
0: believe that that's how God would want us to live
1: that's that's kind of having the belief that God is not you God is within you Mm -hmm. so he's letting you do whatever you you are letting yourself do or anything you want it's within you so in the other mindset, it would be like, yeah, what? I don't know what God thinks. It's validating yourself from outside yourself. Whereas mm. in this mindset, God is you. You are God. I am. So is that how you want to live your life? So you ask yourself that as opposed to asking God.
0: It makes sense, yeah. And you talk a lot about this kundalini awakening. For people that are unfamiliar with kundalini, can you describe can you better define that for oh, our Lordy. listeners
1: i i do not do the definition verbatim but it's just a lower chakra type of you know energy that when it gets activated and sometimes that can happen from a brief moment of trauma for others at all they uh, seek to achieve it through constant meditation and um, fasting states uh, others are trying to yeah exactly seek it ch- uh, chase it for many it just comes on honestly out of nowhere and it's usually in a moment of darkness um and trauma and pain. Um but it, i also just subscribe to the belief that basically if you were meant to have it in this lifetime you will. So don't push it and let it be. But anyways it's a it's a an energy that gets kind of shot up your spine into your pineal gland and it creates that state of the gamma waves where there's certain aspects of your brain that are now able to receive energy that they're normally used to just putting down to the body and giving. They receive it, and so it creates this altered state of awareness and, and consciousness, and it's powerful. Whereas a lot of people are having spiritual awakenings right now, and that's a slightly different. Um, it's still amazing, and it's the beginning stages of that. Kundalini kind of shoots you from, you know, kindergarten to advanced calculus within like two seconds. So it's a little different, and it's quite shocking (laughs) but then after you get to the other side it's very amazing and I don't know it's a very sensual energy because creation energy is very sensual and sexual so I uh, that can come out in some of my Instagram style stuff too but you you start to own that aspect of yourself too and not deny it um the divine goddess inside the divine feminine and and so it's a very sexy energy and a very loving peaceful blissful vibrating primal it's everything in one but It's a good feeling, and it can kind of go in waves, so it can happen, and your whole body just vibrates, and you're, like I said, it's almost like you took DMT, but yeah, you didn't,
0: so. How did you come into your Kundalini experience?
1: I had a very painful um, moment where I, I guess, it sounds so silly and trivial, but in the grand scheme of things, it was a lifetime of, I guess, tumultuous upbringing and turmoil, Um, but I guess I'd swept it under the rug, like a lot of people do, and one moment, where I was severely abandoned um, and my mind and my perception uh, rejected um, from somebody I finally I really did trust. Um, And yes, that all happens to everyone, but for some reason, this one really hit home (laughs) and it brought everything up to the surface. And so it was a very, very dark night of the soul. And to speak on that for a second, there's a lot of people going through that and different layers and levels of that, but it's when you really pull back and you start really questioning things and things don't start, they just don't add up. And you tend to kind of go into more hermit mode and you want to start researching and learning and kind of being a little more introspective too. And so the dark night of the soul can, can be a very confusing time because everything you thought about your paradigm in your life shatters and you have to really sit with that. And it's, you feel lonely, you feel like you, you're not understood. You don't, you really don't even know what's going on. If it's your first dark night of the soul, you almost think you're in depression and you need to go to a therapist, but psychosis and you can get tested for that it ends up just being this there's so many people going through this too and it's just your paradigm like you were saying like growing up if you always believe this that you know well it's getting shattered and so it, it, it's a very uncomfortable feeling but yet when you face it you level up and you start I don't know, you start seeing something bigger and you start understanding things on a deeper level and so So I went from the dark night of the soul to the kundalini. And then after that, it's just, it goes in waves. For me, it did for like five years, six years. And now it's been a lot more steady for the last two years. So Hmm.
0: I know that people that are listening to this are like, that's me. That's like me right now in this, in this period of my life, or that's, that's me in a transition or I've kind of felt that same way. And then you hit the nail on the head today when we were talking um, you said that i can feel you're going through a transition right now and i felt like that for like the last 2 years mm-hmm. um, in fact maybe even before that ever since i started doing the podcast i probably felt like i was embarking on a new transition or a trajectory shift the problem with the transition is you think when you start to feel it it's supposed to happen right away yeah. you're like okay so this is this is i'm taking the off ramp now Mm -hmm. but the off ramp doesn't come. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're, you're on the highway forever. It seems like. And, but you also feel like something's going to break There's something that's going to, it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. And if it's bad, it's going to end up turning good. And if it's good, it's going to end up turning bad because it's like anything in life. There's high times, there's low times. You're never going to go through either one forever, but the transition has caused me to question certain things that I wouldn't have before. And, um, that's a scary feeling to some degree because it's almost like I'm taking part of my identity and, and willingly throwing it in the trash. Mm -hmm. And I can see how somehow some part of me feels like that's good. Mm -hmm. And it's actually cleansing to some degree, but it's not, it's, but it's still not fully understood on my own yet. And I've been, you know, contemplating certain things that I wouldn't have otherwise if this were a couple years or a few years back mm-hmm. that are that make my own being be like, Justin, what the fuck are you thinking? Like you're crazy. And I think that. Well, maybe that might yield an answer, you know, maybe that specific thing that I've been persistently, um, in life negating or, or driving away from could be the thing that could actually be the helper possibly and I'm demonizing it so much. And I have been demonizing it so much in the past that I've, I've caused myself to have one frame of thought surrounding that particular, you know, ideology or notion that it's, it's keeping me from experiencing higher, uh, a higher state mm-hmm. to be honest. And I don't mean, um, I don't mean a higher state, like um, I don't know how to, how to frame it, but I don't mean like a just, you know, all free hippie ish type of, you know, situation. I mean like a more evolved aware 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 person. Right. Mm -hmm. And that to me, uh, it's just, I've just been wrestling with that. And I think that a lot of us wrestle with that, but then we suppress it because we're like, fuck it. We just keep living the way we're living, you know? And, and I think more so men do that because men are used to suppressing things and we're so masculine. We're biologically wired to be that way. We don't give, we don't give residence to feelings most, more, most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy for us to punch a feeling in the face and keep going with our life Mm -hmm. and just leading by action. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And then, but that can be detrimental to some degree if we don't have a, a fine balance to some, you know, to some, I guess, uh, um, respect of the of the idea. And I'm I'm f- forcing myself to come into that more often, and and more so nowadays because I don't I don't I don't think that I'm I don't think that I'm fully aware of what could be and
1: but just being open to it like you're doing and being vulnerable that allows for the connection and allows for the new state to arrive just being open to it and being receptive too learning how to be like you said you're just about being the doer but it's okay to be the beer too do be do, be, do. <laughs> it's about the balance and so i don't know i do feel a shift with certain people um Let alone in collective, but you're right. I think a a lot of men battle with that, and um, that's why the suicide rate is the highest for them, and heart attacks too. Their heart chakras so closed. So, but I think the paradigm is shifting there too, and the pendulum swinging the other way. And um, if more men can get vulnerable about what they're feeling, um, all genders, but men especially too, just about you know not seeing vulnerability as weakness. Um, It allows others to connect with them, and then you realize more often than not that a lot of people are feeling the same thing. They just didn't want to sound, say it and sound silly. So
0: mm-hmm. I hope that that, that what you've said and what, you know, the vulnerability that you displayed here and, and, and myself as well has opened up more people's eyes towards what could possibly be for them. And because ultimately it would help them evolve and personally grow and develop in the ways that they probably were, and then not giving any respect to, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's so much more that we can talk on. We have to probably do another podcast because <laughs> I know it's running late for you and you got to get back, but, um, I want you to tell people how they can find you because I know that there are going to be people that are going to be pretty interested and inquisitive over the things that you said and, and that you've conveyed of a podcast. So tell them how they can find you, whether it's social media, uh, email, what have you.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, Stephanie Peakey, uh, P I C C H I, um, on Facebook, but, uh, the saucy siren on Instagram. Um, you can always send me a direct message. Um, I am always actually responding to every single one, especially if they're wanting to Um, do any type of introspective soul work I am all about that so like I said I have a quirky archetype that really just wants to empower so and I mean what I say and I do walk the talk and it's definitely I'm I'm just loving seeing so many people just start to question things and just start opening up their perspective to being conscious creators and it's a powerful thing and I'm excited so yes find me on there the saucy siren (laughs)
0: thanks Stephanie thank you so much for being here and um, I just appreciate your time I appreciate your word thank you so until next time (laughs) done